Hallelujah. The scripture says that in his presence is fullness of joy. Hard to leave from a place like that. It's hard to walk out of a place where everything that you want is right there. And I'm thankful that in his house, in this place, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm thankful that he's leading me and guiding me and protecting me, providing for me. I'm thankful for my shepherd. Amen. Love the Lord. Thankful. Thankful for our music and our choir today. Let's give them a hand. Appreciate our music and media. And I appreciate you worshiping the Lord and participating in the services today. Thankful, most of all, for God's Word. And we're going to hear from it today. Brother Jake, come. Let's preach to us this morning. Let's give the Lord a hand as He comes this morning. Give it to the Lord one more time. know, I really feel the presence of the Lord in this place. We say that. We sing songs about it and things, but I really feel the presence of the Almighty God in this place. You can feel that comfort. You can feel that peace. You can feel that sweet presence of the Lord. And to know that it's real, isn't that something? To know that what I feel is not just emotion. It's not just chill bumps and hype. But what I feel moving on me and moving in this place is the real presence of the Almighty God. What I feel is the Spirit of God moving in our midst. It's amazing. Old song, I was listening to it this morning. It says, Jesus is real, I know the Lord is real to me. I love that song. It's so simple. Well, when you think about it, you sing it a little more. <laughs> I know He's real. It's such a and it makes it personal. I know He's real to me. I know that Jesus is real. I know that what I feel is real. I know the God I serve is real. I don't know if aliens are real. I don't know if Bigfoot's real. I don't know if Will Smith's slap was real. But I know that Jesus is real. I know that the God that I serve is real. I haven't seen Him face to face, but I feel Him in my hands and in my feet and in my heart and in my soul. I know that Jesus is real because He's done something for me. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me, not just my mouth, but my soul cries out. He saved my soul, and my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is real. <laughs> Jesus is real. He's real. And everything that He has for us in this place today is real. It's real. 
If you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Some of you are saying, Jake, did you mean Romans chapter 8? No, I meant Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and... Kate, I gave you 18 through 21, but I'm actually going to start in verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one. The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, where sin abounded, Grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Where sin did abound. Let's lift our hands and pray. God, I thank you because I know that you've done a work already in this place. I know that your presence, your spirit Lord, has moved through this house and already healed and changed lives and broken chains and healed minds and hearts. But I know that this word today is for someone. I know that you've led me to this word for your people today. So open our hearts, energize us, Lord, a little longer today to receive from your word. Help us to receive it, Lord, and let it take root in our lives. Let it grow and change us. Lord, we just want what you have for us today. I give you the honor and the glory and the praise in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands. Give God a shout of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, this is pretty easy to talk about the love of God. It's pretty easy to talk about the goodness of God. But it can be one of those things that, you, you know, it's just, it's so common to say and to talk about and to sing about that it, you don't think about it as hard because it's not one of those deep, revelatory mind-melting gold nuggets out of, you know, like Leviticus where you think you wouldn't find it. But the Lord, when I was praying, I was preparing today and just seeking the Lord, the Lord led me to this and let me know that this word today is to give someone some hope. And I believe that this word from the Lord can change the trajectory of someone's life today. And I wholeheartedly believe that 
very often, if not more than anything else, that guilt and shame, self-condemnation, it can... That's just the cutest thing. (laughs) Got to get that really... I hardly ever notice when someone says something, but I heard... I heard my Abby Joe back there. But these things, you know, uh, we should feel guilt sometimes. It's it's if sometimes if you don't feel guilty for something, something may be wrong. Even brother Shannon last night, he was he was talking about how uh, we can overuse some of these things, and guilt is one of them. It can become something that we can't let go of. And that guilt and shame and self-condemnation, I have seen it just about destroy a life. Now, I'm not talking about conviction. We need the conviction of the Holy Ghost. We need to feel that prick in our heart sometimes. And I should be worried when I stop feeling conviction. But I'm talking about guilt and shame and condemnation. These things, I've seen it cause people to stop and to give up and to lay down the things of God and and lay down the call that God's placed on their life. I've I've seen it cause them to let go of things that that the Lord wants them to hold on to. These, These things, they cause people to live with an ungodly fear, with anxiety. These things cause people to lose hope and, and to slip. When you get in that cycle, it causes you to slip into depression. And from there, you'll become uninvolved in, in, in the life that God wants for you, in, in the church, in the kingdom. These things, they cause people to always have doubt in their mind. Even when it seems that there's the slightest hope of things looking up again. Of them being able to live the way that they, they know they should and could. Guilt. And shame, condemnation quickly bring doubt and will rob people of that hope. Even sometimes right in the middle of church, right in the middle of service, I think, oh, I can feel that. But then quickly, those feelings of hope, that feeling of release, it can be suppressed when you remember the weight of shame, condemnation. And I hate to see these things going on in people's lives because I've seen these things cause people to, to walk away from God. I've seen it just about destroy a life. I've seen these things cause people to lay down the life that God wants them to live. And I've seen it drag people so far down into depression that it changes them. Because these things can cause people, like I said, to live with a fear and a paranoia that God is constantly angry with them, that God has snatched away the call that He wants put on their life, that God is punishing them, that they are no longer qualified, no longer worthy to do anything at all for God, to have anything from God. And I have fought these things before, and I think that we all have. But I've fought these things. I've faced things in a, in, in a major way in my life. And I know what it's like. I know the weight of shame. I know the feeling of, of just shame and guilt and just condemnation 
that can rest on you. I know the weight of it. I know the frustration of it. I know what it's like, and many of us do. I know that there are individuals in this place today that are fighting with these very things. I know that there are individuals here who've been tangled up in sin. Some of you lost uh, things that you wish, you feel like, I can never get that back. I can never, I can never have that back. Some of you have, have become entangled in different kinds of addictions. And, and some of you found yourself wrapped up in things of this world that you know it's not right. I'm not trying to slap us around today. I'm just, I'm talking to us on a real level today. And some of you today, some of you, and I know because I've been in this spot and I feel it in the Holy Ghost today. Some of you feel today, I'm in a place that I never, ever thought that I would or could be in. Some of you today are saying, I feel the weight of shame. Because I've done things I never thought that I would do. I let myself go to a place that I never thought I would go. And some of you know what I'm talking about today. You say, I never, ever thought that I would have to lay awake and feel the weight of this kind of shame and guilt and condemnation and worry about this and struggle with this. And that's, some of you do have struggles that no one even knows about. Sometimes, you know, we're just, we're guilty of, for whatever reason, we, often it's something else that leads us to this place, but sometimes we're guilty of just being negligent of things that we should do. Maybe it's not that I've been doing a whole lot of things I shouldn't do, it's just that I have not been doing things that I should do. No matter what it is. The weight of shame and guilt, we're, we, you know, I understand we have an enemy of our soul, but sometimes we give him too much credit for things that's our fault. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we're our own worst enemy. It's true. Uh, Pastor mentioned it today how Sister Vesta Mangan will look in the mirror sometimes and say, Woman, get out of my way. <laughs> because we're our own worst enemy many times. And the battles that we fight in our mind with guilt and shame. We can't advance any further, no matter how much we want to. We can't advance under the weight of guilt and shame, condemnation. You can't advance your walk with God. You can't advance the kingdom of God. You can't. And that's, that's what the enemy of your soul wants to see. To see you strangled to death by your own guilt and shame. But I've come today, I believe, under the authority of the Holy Ghost to speak against those things in someone's life today. To speak the Word of God against guilt and shame and condemnation. I've come to speak against the lies of the enemy, the lies that you've told yourself. I know what you're feeling and I'm reaching for someone today. You feel as though your sin and mistakes have left you in a place where you can go no further. Your walk with God can grow no more. That you're handicapped because of past sin. Some of you feel as though you're doomed to be lost. You just feel like in the end that's just how it's going to be no matter how 
what I do, I'm just doomed to be lost. You really believe that? You feel like I've messed up far too many times? I've allowed myself to to go to a place of no return. You feel feel like your spirit is withered and weak from sin and, and you don't feel like you used to feel. You're not sensitive to the presence of God like you once were. It's hard to shed a tear in the presence of God. It's hard to break in the presence of God. And even when you feel His Spirit moving on you, you quickly remind yourself that you're not worthy of that. That God is angry with you. And you want deep inside to be better. Is this okay today? Am I, am I talking real to someone today? You want deep inside. I want this to be better. I want to be better. I want to walk upright. I want to to not hang my head all the time in guilt and shame. I want to feel like I'm at least trying to live right. I want it to be better. It's not a matter of you don't want it to be better. But one mistake has snowballed into a secret life of of sin and struggles and addiction and, and whatever it is you're facing. That will leave you unmotivated, depressed, spiritually drained and weak, suffocating in in self-doubt, condemning yourself. Shame is too much to bear. Guilt is crushing you. And you feel completely ineffective in your walk with God in the kingdom of God. And you feel like you're stuck here. I'm talking to someone today who really feels like I really have gone too far for this to be better. I really have gone too far. And we we say, oh no, nothing's too hard for God. But somebody in this place today is in a place that you feel like, maybe, maybe I can slip into heaven. Maybe I can survive. But this is too bad for me to be restored no more chances. No more, no more chances. No more redemption. No more forgiveness. Somebody feels like you're all out of faith. Like you're all out of, I've got nothing left. This, is, this has drained me, the weight of these things. But again, I want to call out every lie of the enemy. I want to give somebody a wake-up call from the Holy Ghost today. I want to give somebody hope from the Word of God today and tell you simply but powerfully that God loves you. Jesus loves you. Maybe we need to have faith like a child again and get back to the Sunday school basics and say, Jesus loves me. This I know. I know, I believe, I'm telling you today that Jesus loves you and His mercy is new every morning and His mercy endureth forever and His compassions fail not, but they are new every morning and great is His loving kindness towards you. The Bible says He delighteth in mercy, that He will subdue our iniquities, that He will cast our sins into the depths of the sea, that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. While I was yet a sinner, He died for me. 
His love overrides your mistakes. His love overrides your sin. His love overrides the destruction of your rebellion. You don't have to lay down and die in the ruins that sin has left your life in. You don't have to lay down and die and suffocate under the weight of sin and guilt and condemnation. The calling of God is still on your life. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is still on your life. And I know you can't comprehend I know you can't comprehend that kind of mercy and that kind of love. But the Bible calls God the Father of mercies. Calls Satan the Father of lies. But God is the Father of mercies. That means no one understands mercy like Jesus does. No one knows the reach of mercy like Jesus does. No one ever had mercy before Jesus had mercy. Mercy is not a concept created by man, but mercy and love is who God is. And you need to remember the power of the cross in your life again. We need to do like the, like the song says and just observe the cross. You need to remember the power of the Lord's sacrifice. You've got so much guilt and shame and regret that, that it's, it's accumulated so much baggage and you've fallen so many times and you think His sacrifice is limited to people that are far less messed up than you are. But in that, are you saying, do you believe that He didn't shed quite enough blood for you are you saying he didn't suffer quite enough for you? You think your sin is more powerful than his sacrifice. You think he didn't shed quite enough blood to cover what you're going through and dealing with. I'm telling you, I don't care how messed up it is. I don't care how dark it is and how low you are. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. And Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life. And just a short time later, he was hanging on a cross, dying for your sins because he loves you. He loved you before you were born. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He loved you then. He loves you now. And no one has ever loved you more purely, more deeply, more relentlessly than Jesus loves you. His love doesn't even make sense to us because it's not a love that's made by man. It's not a love of this world. His love, we can't even comprehend it. I can't fathom the depths of it. I can't be so low that His love doesn't reach. His love is so much greater than what you're going through. His love overrides the situation that you're in. And I am persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Sin does separate me from God, but nothing can separate me from the love of God. And His love bridges that gap.
I'll say that again. Sin and iniquity and transgression, it does separate you from God. But nothing can separate you from the love of God. And the love bridges the gap, no matter how wide or how deep. He's loved you with a great love. He loves you in your worst mistake. He loves you in your addiction. He loves you when you reject him. He loves you in your foolishness. He loves you in the darkest of places. He loves you when you push him out of your mind so that you can go through with something you know you shouldn't do. He loves you when you try and suppress the Holy Ghost, trying to grab hold of you. Even when you say, get off of me so I can do this, he still loves you. He still chases after you. When you were when you were in the gutter, in the lowest place that you can be, God is reaching for you. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He has never stopped reaching for you because he will never stop loving you. And one day he'll sit on the judgment seat, but now he sits on the mercy seat. And until that trumpet sounds, the Lord is going to be fighting hell off. If you want to be lost, you're going to have to try really hard. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to try really hard because Jesus is chasing you. And you might as well take the hand of the Lord and say, I receive your love, Lord, because I'm tired of this weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. I know, I know, this is, this is, this is Sunday school lesson, uh, just level, you know, just we learn this when we're kids in Sunday school. But I'm trying to let someone know that the Holy Ghost is here to resurrect you from a grave of guilt and shame and condemnation. It's not the will of the Lord for you to die in this. We lay down and we dig our own grave. We lay down in it and we start shoveling the dirt in. And I'll tell you that that's not the will of God. God said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And I'm telling you today that God has come to resurrect somebody out of a... Oh, come on. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care how bad it is. The love of God is reaching for somebody today to pull you out. Because where sin does abound where sin does abound grace does much more abound as much sin as you have God has that much more grace as bad as your sin is God is that much more good sin has lost its power some of you need to stop holding on to chains that were broken on the cross. We talk about being wrapped up in chains. If you're going to be wrapped up in chains, you're wrapped up in broken chains. You're holding on to broken chains. Because where sin does abound, the grace and the love of God does much more abound.
I mention this just about any time I'm talking about the love of God, any time I'm talking about the cross. And I first heard Brother Myron Wildman say this when he was preaching one time. But some of you feel so trapped and hopeless because some of you have gone from sin and have crossed the line to transgression. Where I, I didn't just fall on my face. I've been making the decisions to sin. I've been pushing the Lord out of my mind and making the decision to do these things. You've crossed into transgression. And some of you are dealing with something even deeper than that, and that's iniquity. Something under the surface that's deep-rooted inside of you. Uh, some might call it a generational curse. Uh, but things that are deeply rooted in you. These things are different. But Jesus didn't just sacrifice, didn't just die, didn't just lay down His life for your sin. But in Isaiah 53, He said He was wounded for our transgressions. And he went further than that and said he was bruised for our iniquities. And I love this because this shows it doesn't matter how deep it goes. A bruise. You know, they, they whipped him and they beat him and they opened his, opened his skin up. But he was bruised. And a bruise isn't an open wound. It's bleeding up under the skin. It's bleeding busted blood vessels up under the surface. It's a deep thing. It's something underneath what you can see. It's a wound that starts on the inside and then shows up on the outside. I'm telling you that from surface level all the way down to the deep things, generational curses, deep-rooted sin and iniquity, Deep-rooted addiction, deep-rooted th things that nobody sees or knows about that are deeply rooted inside of you that you've dealt with, that your family dealt with, that your mom and dad dealt with. It doesn't matter how deep it goes. Jesus covered every bit of it. Jesus paid it all. And when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished because I left nothing undone. And I'm trying to tell you today, that you don't have a reason to live in the chains of guilt and shame and condemnation. That's not who you are. That's not who God wants you to be. Even the prodigal son, that you know, he realized that what he was caught up in was not who he was. There were probably people that said, He's a fool, he's a drunk. He's, he's this and that. Slapped all kinds of labels on him. But when he was in that pig pen, it says when he came to himself, he said, I need to go back to my father. When he came to himself, when he was doing those things, when he was in the pig pen, when he was living that life, something all of a sudden realized, this is not who I am. When he came to himself, he said, I need to go back to my father. 
And I want to tell you that the filth, the things, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, the, the things you've dealt with, the situation you're dealing with, the struggle that you're having right now is not who you are. And I believe the Holy Ghost is shaking someone awake today so that you can come to yourself and realize I can go back to my Father. I can return to my Father. And guess what? It was better than he expected when he went back to the Father. All he wanted to do was just have some place to sleep and to work. But the Father ran to him and grabbed him and said, Give him this and give him that. Let's throw a party because my son was lost. But now he's found. And that is how the Father will greet you. Jesus taught this parable. I'm, I'm getting close to finishing. He said, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. There's something powerful in here when you read this because the rejoicing was the part of the father, of the shepherd. It didn't talk about anybody else rejoicing yet. First, the father rejoiced. And some of you feel like you've got to come to God like this. You feel like I've got to come to God like this because there's no way, there's no way that... that the Lord can, I'm not even sure He'll receive me. I'm not even sure if He still remembers the promise He gave me. He, he might have just cut me off by now. He's probably not looking for me. He's got other people to, to tend to. And we say all the time, no, it's not like that, but somebody in this place really feels like it's past for me. Nobody's looking for me. The Lord, he's, if He's thinking about me at all, He's angry with me. If He's thinking about me all, at all, if He's holding me at all, He's holding me over the fire. But this shepherd went out. He went out. And I think, I think we as sheep should look for lost sheep. Should should receive lost sheep. But the shepherd, it, it, it made a point to say the shepherd went and looked. The shepherd didn't tell the other sheep, go drag that no good lost sheep back to me and we'll have lamb chops tonight. The shepherd went looking for that sheep. And he carried it back and, and, and said, rejoice with me. The, the shepherd was rejoicing. I'm telling you today that the Lord, if you're sitting in this house today, you know, we don't often look around and think, well, they're, they're, in, they're in the house of the Lord, so it can't be that bad. But you have no idea sometimes what people are facing sitting on the pew. You have no idea what state of mind someone is in sometimes when they, they act like everything's fine, but they're dealing with things. And they're under the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. It, it could be the weight of anything. 
But I'm telling you today that you can open yourself up to the love of God. Some of us have deep-rooted issues. We don't, we don't just allow people to love us. Sometimes we have things that are, that are deep-seated in us and we, we won't allow ourselves to receive love. We won't allow ourselves to receive grace. But you can do that with the Lord. You can open yourself up. And let me tell you, you, you won't with people you won't until you let the Lord love you first. You, you, won't let, you won't let people love you. But I'm telling you, you can receive the love of God. Stand with me today. You can receive and open yourself up and you can lay down the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. I've heard it put like this before that we put ourselves on trial for our shortcomings, our sin, what we're dealing with, our our imperfections. We put ourselves on trial. And we want to plead guilty because we feel like that's all I can do. I've heard it said like this before. I don't have to plead guilty. I can plead the blood of Jesus. When I'm on trial for everything that's wrong with me, when I'm on trial for my mistakes and my sin and everything else, that I, the weight of these things that I'm under, when I'm standing on trial, I don't have to plead guilty. I can plead the blood of Jesus. We talk about that all the time. I plead the blood. We sing it. I plead. I plead the blood. But think about it in that sense. I'm on trial, but I plead the blood of Jesus. And it covers a multitude of sin. And it doesn't matter how long the list of charges is. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance church and I believe today that the goodness of God is reaching for someone to find an altar of repentance that doesn't mean find an altar where where you're just under shame and guilt you lay something down on an altar You don't take it back with you when you lay it down. An altar is not a place for God to punish you. An altar is a place for you to lay down the weight that's on you. To lay down the sin that you've been carrying. To lay down the struggle that you're dealing with. Lay it on the altar today. The altar, as I know we come and we pray. and We, we put our face in this carpet. This, this, it's not so much about a physical altar. Realize I can lay these things before the Lord and I can be released from it. And so, I believe I've said all I can say. I just believe the goodness of God is leading someone to an altar of repentance today to receive His love and His goodness and His mercy. And I'm telling you today, before you come, I want to tell you, that if you will come to these altars and you will lay it all down before the Lord, God is going to release you from things that have had you bound up. God is going to take the weight off of you that has kept you down for so long. Does anyone believe that today? Then come to these altars and find a place to pray. Lay it down and then receive what God has for you today.
Just lift your voice for another moment right now. 
Cry out to the Lord. God is letting people make a trade right now. We're laying some things down and receiving some things right now. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you that that chains are being left on this altar today. People are being delivered from the weight of some things today. I feel the goodness and the love and the peace of God in this house. I feel led to share this with us right now. In in Psalm 86, this is a prayer of David. And he says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon Thee. Mm. He said, Great is Thy mercy toward me, and Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. He said, Thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. The Lord is ready to forgive. Plenteous in mercy. Full of compassion. Gracious and long-suffering. 
Someone needs to just lift your hands and receive that right now. And know you're standing on trial, but all the evidence that's against you is what you put there. The Word has something different to say about you. sets free is free indeed there's something the word of God lets us know it's when the Lord does it that means it's done he whom the son sets free is free indeed David said one time, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I shall be saved. I'm telling you that the Lord has done it today. And you don't have to believe the lie that says nothing happened because God has delivered and set free in this house today. Do you believe that? If you believe it, clap your hands. And I'm not, no one has to stop praying that's praying. But I want to say this before I give it to Pastor. Because I, I, would, I would kick myself if, if I didn't say it. But I talked about pleading the blood of Jesus. I want to let you know, you want to know how to have that blood applied to your life. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The Lord will fill you with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, there's been, there's been a lot of repentance in this house today. But if you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, it's not something you do because I told you to do it. It's something you do because it's biblical. And it says we are buried with Him in baptism, raised again into the newness of life. I want to tell you, if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, we can do it today. And God can fill you with the Holy Ghost.
But it doesn't matter what stage, what part of salvation or your walk with God that you're in. The Lord has given us a word today to receive. And I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. I don't know of any greater thing that we can be fed from His Word and reminded of from His Word is that love that covers a multitude of sin. We need to be reminded daily that God is for us. And there's, you know, I was thinking when He was talking about all the different things you could be going through, things that are happening in your life, and, you know, how sometimes we're so ashamed we don't even want to come pray because we just don't. Man, but he already knows. But it reminded me of something I, I preached a long time ago. I called it, the title was God's Exchange Program. Because in Isaiah 61, he said he'd give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I said, you can bring that, that bad stuff and trade it in. And it reminded me of an old, uh, there's some car dealership a long time ago they had a a deal where they said push pull or drag in just bring your trade we don't care if it's running just get it here and we're going to get you in a new car and you know people like man you mean i can bring they said they said push it pull it tow it however you got it just get it on this lot and we'll get you in a new car and man they were getting a, a a car lot full of clunkers and people were driving out in new vehicles. I'm telling you, the Lord's like, just push, pull, or drag in. Just, just get it here, and you can walk out of here with something new. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? I'm thankful for the mercy of the Lord today. What a great message today where sin does abound, grace does that much more abound. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Come to prayer tomorrow night if you can. We're going to be... Uh, having the Lord's Supper tomorrow night after prayer, and it's going to be a great time. We're headed toward, you know, Easter weekend, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it. And but just remembering and focusing on the sacrifice that the Lord made for us, purchasing us with His precious blood. What a great, great privilege it has been. So we love you. Thank you again for all of our visitors that are here today. We love you very much. If we can do anything for you, let us know. You can be dismissed today in Jesus' name. God bless you. <laughs>